60 Go podcast presented by Men's Sports. Steve's, how are you, mates? I'm good, mate. Just when you think some teams are dead, they come back to life over the course of the weekend, namely Manly and Newcastle. They're still in it? Yeah, they are, mate. I think, um, well, a couple of those clubs are, are ones we had put a black pen through a couple of weeks ago, and, and some of the clubs that we thought were safe going back a month ago, they're in big trouble. So um, I know we'll talk about that. Particularly the Knights, they've won four or five in a row now, and it was only four or five weeks ago we said if they lost to the Bulldogs that weekend, Adam O'Brien was probably in trouble, which is probably true now, yeah, that, definitely. now, now that some of the stuff has come out about Adam yeah. O'Brien, but the... The resurgence by the Knights, and they're not only winning games, they're playing great football. They're one of the form teams. Yeah, they, they are. They, they're playing great footy. I think the the performance they put together against um, the Storm two weeks ago was you know outstanding. And then to, to do a job on Canberra, who you know every game they've played has been a close game this year, a couple of touch-ups earlier in the year. But you know I'm not sold on Canberra, and I know... You have been for for a lot of the year, and you you know you kept saying there's a good side there, there's a good side there, and it, that's come to fruition. I still think they can miss it. Oh, absolutely, and that just shows the 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 depth of the competition. And one thing I was looking at this morning is this time last year. So the difference between first and sixth was yep. fourteen points. Okay. okay, so and now if you go to this year uh, at this point of the competition I should say so Penrith were winning uh, the competition uh, like they are this year but the difference between first and sixth was 14 points now if you drop down 14 points from first this year I think you go all the way to 14th with the Roosters yep. so that that just shows that the comp has gotten a lot closer this year even though Penrith are probably still the standouts uh, and deserved competition favourites but the rest of the pack has, has caught up a little bit De- definitely I think last year we said Oh well, when most people spoke about the the season, you know, Penrith were the clear favourites. I think nearly everyone who follows footy would have had a group of Parramatta, Rabbits, and the Sharks probably next cab off the rank, and then it was daylight. Yep. But yeah, now it's Penrith, Broncos aren't too far away, and then it, it's a big, big chunk of the the competition altogether fighting for that that last four or five spots. So, you know, I, I think the Cowboys are in trouble. I do too. They've got a really tough run home, starting with this week, the Broncos. Massive game for them. It was such a big loss for them over the course of the weekend. But if you were to take one of these teams' schedules out of those group of three, four, five teams that are all together there at the bottom of the gate, the Knights is probably the best run home. Yeah, the the Knights and and the Rabbits would be... Well, the Rabbits have got to do a bit of travel. So that's the thing that, you know, their draw is misleading because it might show that they're at home or it might show that they're around the corner, but they're actually in Perth and then they're in Cairns. And so that's misleading. But yeah, you're right. The Knights have got the best run home. Cowboys have got a tough run home. Sharks have got to run home that if they're fair dinkum, they should make the A. I just don't see it happening. The Sharks, they the way they're playing, they might, they might not win again. Seriously, the, the way that they're playing. the, the it's It starts off this week. They've got a tough week this week against South Sydney. Yep. Now, I know South, South weren't great against the Tigers. I'll say that. Uh, Cody Walker definitely didn't have one of his best games of the year, but Luttrell is so good, and he come back so well. The And this isn't a Blake Taft bash-up, but... 
what he provides on top of your average fullback yeah. is just immense. There's a big difference between Latrell Mitchell and, and a normal person. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and some of the commentary and, and social media is just a cesspool of rot. <laughs> some of the things that I saw, people that I know, because obviously I'm friends with them, so I'm, that's the only reason I'm seeing it. I should say Facebook friends with them, not real life yes, friends with yes. them. But some of the staff around... Latrell hasn't been missed. He's nothing but a winger. He's not even that good. Just absolutely does my head in. And you get so frustrated because he is unbelievable. Yes, arguably he can be a touch lazy at times. You know, he, he can lose his mind at times and, and go overboard with a few things. But he is elite. Elite. And there was one play, particularly in the Tigers game. The Tigers had scored a couple of tries in a row um, to get back into the game. And there was one play where the Tigers, they were coming for them at one stage. and They, they were there, weren't they? They were thereabouts. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a credible performance by them. And they, they grubbed the ball into the end zone. And Latrell got the ball and beat about six blokes to get back to the 25. Yeah. And it's just like, not many people who have ever played the game can do that. That's little, right. Um, people yeah. in their team. Things like that aren't just momentum change. That's a game changer, isn't it? Like, you know, a normal person probably gets pinned in their in goal. Absolutely. And they get a penalty off the back of that. They're attacking all of a sudden. Yeah. So it's almost a 12-point turnaround, yeah. really, when you think about it. And the... Uh, just the the support play of Latrell, I thought, was fantastic on the weekend as well. There was a couple of moments there where Cameron Murray laid off load. He was able to burst through for another 15 metres yep. and get, get a roll on like that. And uh, There's a reason why at the start of the year, the Panthers were able to go on that run of beating the Broncos, beating and smashing the Broncos, actually, at Suncorp Stadium. And they beat Penrith and yep. they beat the Storm. And like They got on that roll where they just looked unbeatable for that month or so. And it just it's just a matter of... Uh, can they get all their team healthy come finals? Because if they're in the finals, it's not a team that you, you're dying to play against if they're fully fit. That's exactly right. I mean, oh, the only issue I think they've got is their forward pack. Yep. Fully fit, their forward pack is good enough to compete with anyone. I just don't know if it's good enough to dominate anyone, if that makes sense. Yep, it makes sense. And then they, they rely on a lot of... They love ball in play, South. They don't yeah. want they don't want breaks in in the game, and they want to be able to fatigue. They teams do, down, so. they do. But then they, I do think, when it comes to putting points on, they like to do it from stoppages. So they like to do it from set restarts, whether it's a penalty or a scrum. Of course, of yeah. course. But the they but, they love to get Campbell, Graham, Latrell, yeah, Cody. That's involved right. They get the back of that, and then they get the, like you said, they get the fatigue in the game and. And they can pounce from there. And that's when Cook and Cameron Murray come into their own as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another game over the weekend, your boys, Parramatta, going down to the Storm. We should have had a coffee on this game. We should have, yeah. <laughs> we should have. But, you know, um, Melbourne off a, a terrible performance. It was never going to look good for Para. Look, I will say the... Um, the news this week about Ryan Pappenhausen coming back is really cool. Uh, yeah. For him to come back and play uh, Q Cup and play for the Sunshine Coast. Um, I, I'm i not sure what they're going to do. They can take this one of two ways, can't they? They can either play him in Sunshine Coast till he's fully fit and then throw him into NRL at fullback, or you can play him a few games in Q Cup and then put him on the bench in the NRL. I think that we've probably got enough time for him to come off the bench in one or two games before the finals. I agree. Uh, I don't know... I don't know whether I'd like to be going into the finals with Ryan Pappenhausen coming off the bench. I'd, I'd either want him starting, or as silly as this sounds, not in the team, because the 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 and ideally he is starting because for the for the Storm to win the premiership, I I don't see it happening without Ryan Pappenhausen in the team. 
Yeah, you're right, and I agree with that. And I think I'm just looking at the run home. They've got well, one, two, three, four, five rounds to go. So they would want to get two or three games of, of footy into him playing for the Falcons. Yep. Um, so who know. do they play in the last two weeks? So round 26, they have got, just bringing that back up, um, the Storm play the Titans. The so Titans. That, that could yeah, be the perfect game. Yeah, bring him back in off the bench. You know, see, see how things go. Then round 27, they've actually got a tough game from, from memory. They've got the Broncos. Yep. Um, so that's an either, depending on how he's going, it's a bite the bullet and start him. Or again, you know, bring him off the bench. Because Melbourne have got a track record of playing a utility on the bench where they don't care if they don't use them. Yep. So, you know, quite easily they could they could run with him there on the bench, give him 20 minutes against the Broncos, uh, sorry, 20 minutes against the Titans, extend it out to maybe a half against the Broncos, and then, you know, Bellamy makes a decision from there. Does he go Meany or Pappenhausen? Well, Nick Meany becomes the utility then. Because, he, he would do, yeah. Because I, I, as good as Nick's been at fullback for the Storm, I can't find a place for him if Ryan Pappenhausen's starting. No, that's exactly right. Maybe, yeah, may, maybe on the wing, but... So, yeah, again, so, Warbrick, he's going well now, so you know he's come a long way. And Warbrick, like his his carries are fantastic. Yeah, that's right, and that's that, that's one of the big pluses that you get out of Warbrick. Um, it's going to depend on how he goes at, at Q Cup level. I mean, if he explodes out of the blocks, well, they, they've got to bring him back in, you know, as quick as possible. Absolutely. If and he battles away, he might not play an RL. Well, that is the, that is the possibility that we haven't talked about. What if he, like, like it was a pretty bad injury. Yeah, that's like, exactly right. There is a chance he doesn't come back. Anywhere near to his best, so there's a there's a uh, a tough little period here for the Storm and Pappenhaus to see how he actually goes. So I can't imagine him playing if he's not if he's not right. I agree, I agree. And you know, there was there was rumours a couple of months ago that he, he might be back in a couple of weeks. So they've obviously taken their time with yeah, this. Yeah, that's it. Get, get it right. You know, Storm aren't winning in a comp. Look, take this how you want, but they are not winning a comp with Marion Sevy and young Tanamapau in the centres. I agree. Simple as that. So I agree. Olam needs to find some form. Justin Olam does need to find some form. And he was dropped over the weekend, deservedly so, because that performance against Newcastle the week before was just one of the worst I've yeah, ever seen. He got exposed. Absolutely. Um, I know Remus Smith, he's due back. Potentially, if Meany's okay, you could move um, Xavier Coates into the centres and and Meany to the wing if they're not happy with Olam. That, that's that's an option. But yeah, I, I just can't see them going too far with those centres that they had on the weekend. Probably not. Probably not. Um, we will just mention the Cowboys. Uh, they lost to the Titans over the weekend. Really tough loss for them. And we spoke about this only last week. They they were in a position where they can't really afford too many slip ups against teams yeah. that they're expected to beat. Yeah. Uh, it was it would it would have been one thing if they lost this week to the Broncos and won yesterday. So the the loss against the Titans that's a really tough one. No Tino as well, and like with all with all due respects, the Titans were there to be beaten. Of course they were, and you you just you can't be up for that long. No, like the Cowboys have been up for that long. Penrith, they're the best team of the last. Am I exaggerating if I say last 20 years? Yeah. No, no. Even they drop games that they shouldn't drop every now and again. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the, that was coming for the Cowboys. The challenge is now, if they don't beat the Broncos this week, I know they go into a bye, which is obviously your, your free two points. Yes. But they're in trouble. I actually spent a bit of time doing some ladder predictor stuff last night. Um, that's how exciting my, my <laughs> night was. 
And I came up with that many variations on, on the top eight. It was ridiculous. And at no point did I go for ridiculous upsets either. It was... Plausible if, outcomes. If, if I thought that, you know, realistically, the way teams are going, if this team should win, that's who I selected. Yeah. You know, and if it was a toss of the coin, I went through and did it once with one option. And then I, I spent five minutes clearing them out and going with the other option just to see how much of a difference it would make. And teams like the Cowboys in one eight that I did finished fifth. In one that I did, they finished 11th. Yeah. You know, just to give you an idea of, I think Manly and Newcastle were the other teams that they either jumped from 12th or they could finish as high as 6th. How crazy is it that draw early in the season with the Knights and Manly could actually come back to bite the Cowboys most of all because both those teams are now only a point behind. Yeah, that's it. And um, I just think 31 is the maybe. If you get to 31 you might make it. If you get to 33, you definitely make it because I think 32 is going to be the magic number. Yeah, 32 with good for and against. Yeah, that's right. So that's why Canberra, if they win two games, they they might make it. Yep. If they win one on the way home, there's no chance because their for and against is horrendous. Yep. They have to win three to be safe. Yes, that's correct. We'll take a break and come back with our top five. We're doing the top five most improved players of 2023. So we'll take a break and be back. Mint Sports is kicking off Mint Trips. This August, Mint Trips is venturing north for the Darwin Cup. The package includes return flights, four nights at Como, tickets to the race days with all hospitality included. So if you and your mates are in need of a bit of winter sun, love the horses and don't mind a mint time, head on over to Mint Sports and check out the Mint Trips Darwin Cup package. Limited tickets available. Get in now. It's a 60 Go podcast presented by Min Sports. Now, see, we're doing our top five. We're continuing with our top five. And this week, it is the most improved players of 2023. Who do you have at five? Mate, I've actually... I don't have three, four, five right. in, in order. Okay. Like, I'm pretty clear with my, my one and two. Okay. Um... With with my number, let's call him number five. I'm actually going to go with Bryce Cartwright. Yeah, I know that uh, a forced offload from him on the weekend actually changed momentum and brought the storm back into it. And it was a bit of old Bryce Cartwright, but everything else around that in the last two months to to ten weeks, his form has been unreal. So, yeah, he's yeah, been he's, he's been really good. Certainly came into my uh, calculations. Um, he. His career's certainly done a 180, hasn't it? At it the has, Titans, yeah. he wasn't an NRL player at the Titans. No, not even close. Yeah. And go back to Penrith, he was 18th man for New South Wales and <laughs> the next big superstar. Exactly, exactly. So great to see him playing some good footy. Uh, number f- number five for me, I've gone Philip Sami uh, for the <laughs> Titans. Uh, he's become a regular, one of the best meter-eater wingers in the game, carrying for about 200 metres a game. And his... His footwork is electric now, and he is. I know that all the attention is on Car Pereira at the Titans because of how quick he is. But Philip Sami really, to me, is is their consistent winger every every week. And he's, you know, if he was to make it back to State of Origin one day, in a, you know, if they if there was a couple of injuries somewhere and he had to play for Queensland, I, I would not be 
hesitant about that whatsoever. So Philip Sami for me at number five. Yeah, nice. I didn't even think of him, but it's a good one because you're spot on with everything you just said. Um, I've got Hudson Young. So Hudson Young, he was a, a loose cannon, a bit of a tear away, always in trouble with the judiciary and you know in and out of first grade. And he's turned himself into a state of origin player this year. So he's number four for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, certainly a big part of Canberra going forward. They've got a really young crew at Canberra that they're building there and he extended. And funny you mentioned Hudson Young as a young Canberra player. I've got another young Canberra player as my number four and that's Matt Tomoko. Yep. Uh, he's one of... Uh, He's he's put himself in the conversation of in that upper echelon centres in the game, in my opinion, and he's very much in the Justin Olam mould in 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 some respects, and uh, he's certainly come on a long way. And again, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing rep footy in the near future. Who's your number three? Taruva. So for mine, he was third or fourth string choice wing fullback for for Penrith, and everyone knew that that was talent there, and he played a game for Fiji where he was outstanding, so you could see it. But now. You know, when they get everyone back from injury, he can't be dropped. He's got to be in their their best thirteen. He, he's just too good. And I know Crichton moves on next year, so there's going to be a spot there somewhere. I don't know if he's a centre. Uh, potentially, May could move into the centres and and yep. cover that spot. But yeah, f- for mine, he's he's number three. They kick to him every week uh, right. instead of Ryan Toto, and, and he I'm- runs for. 220 metres. That's the thing. It's a bit of pick your poison at Penrith yeah. with uh, To'o and Taruva. But yeah, look, Taruva certainly does the job for them. He's Taruva a... probably doesn't hurt quite as much to tackle. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the only difference. Exactly. But uh, he's certainly not a liability with the high ball at all. So uh, he's, he's a great player, Taruva. My number three is um, a, a guy who's... Look, he's been good for a long time. But I think... Like, we did a top five positional players in the year. And I think this guy is now a clear number two for back rowers in the game, and that's Britton Nakora. I know that they're going like bustards at the moment, Cronulla, but Britton Nakora is just unbelievable. He's put himself right into that upper echelon back row in the game, and uh, you had him right up there in your top five, and uh, I've certainly come around a long way to that. I can't believe I've left him out of this five. That, <laughs> that is just an oversight on my behalf, so can I make him the honorary number six? Yes. Because exactly. I agree with everything you just said. He, he's excellent. Yeah, honorary, honorary number six. Uh, he's, he is the best line runner in the game yeah. for mine, and um, his ability to change mid-route is just so phenomenal, and he's so quick, and it's just... It's such a strength for them on the right edge for Cronulla, and I wish that they just go to him a little bit more in in certain circumstances. But uh, yep. yep, he's my number three. Who, right. who got it two? At two, um, I've got Lachlan Croker. Yep, I, I just think he is so good. He's improved so much, and he's actually now a um, you know an integral part of that that manly side. If he's almost as important to them as what Cherry Evans is, as far as steering the ship and. Um, getting him around the park, you know, defensively in the middle, he's outstanding. He hits like uh, Jake Travojevic. I, I just think he's improved out of sight. And um, you can see the, the difference he makes to that footy side when he's on the field. Yeah, I've got no arguments to that whatsoever. It's This list is so funny because like the, the we could have two totally different lists here. Yep. And uh, my number two is Wade Egan. And uh, I, I know that... Uh, a lot of credit goes to Sean Johnson. And you know what? Sean Johnson... He could, could be been, on this list too. He, he, I actually thought of him. Yes. Uh, but like we have seen brilliance of Sean Johnson in the past. Like Sean Johnson's won a golden boot. Yeah. So uh, it's not like we... It's like a re-improvement. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, look, Wade Egan, he's he's gone from fringe first grader to when he first went over the Warriors to now one of the upper echelon dummy halves in the game and someone that they can build around. And no, he's not at the Harry Grant level, Damian Cook level, but he's certainly good enough for them to win. 
and uh, I, I think he'll be there for a long time. Well, he's my number one. Yep. So, well, because for mine, I agree with everything you just said. 12 months ago, I didn't even think he was first grade standard. Yep. Now he's top five hookers. Yep, he's so, right up yeah, there. He, he's excellent. I, I agree with everything you said, and yep, Wade Egan's my number one. There, there must have been a lot of improvement in the dummy half position uh, over, over the past few weeks because my number one, and I know he's missed a little bit of time recently, is Jeremy Marshall King. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy Marshall King came from the Bulldogs last year to go to uh, the Dolphins. He was, he was fringe NRL yep, at the end agreed. of last year. And it took him about three three or four weeks to give him a contract extension to the Dolphins. He was playing that good. So uh, for Jeremy Marshall King, and it's not only like it's not only like these players are playing good by their club standards. They're playing good by NRL standards. Yeah. Like Jeremy Marshall King, right up there, and also where they came from, like where they were at. I considered him, but I just found being injured the last six weeks, he's probably been a little bit off. And, and I know that's got a lot to do with injury, but the first ten weeks of the comp, he was you know one of the best two or three dummy halves in the in the comp. So I agree. Well, he, he was a big yeah. reason why they won their first three or four games. And it'll be interesting come yeah. Dally M night to see where he ranks as far as votes go in those first sort of five weeks. Yeah, because he, he would have polled votes early. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just on the Dally M, uh, I think we both agree that it's, it's probably Sean Johnson's to lose now. Yeah. Look, if they win three of their last games, even if they win two of their last games, he's going to poll votes. So I just can't think of, I can't think of a win that the Warriors have had where he wouldn't have at least got something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, there's a lot of talk about Payne Haas, which is which is deservedly so. But the the thing about good teams, and you happen, you saw this happen a lot at the Storm when when they had the big three there. You know, they they're taking they're, point take other. points off each other yeah. and they sabotage themselves. So the, the only difference now is with the new format of um, multiple votes counting towards it. Maybe that won't be. Well, you know, again, I'm going to contradict myself, but maybe it won't be as big of an issue as in the past because you can still poll, you know, you might get three, three two points or you might get a, a three points and a couple of one points. All of a sudden, you're, you're ticking those points up each week. But again, if someone is a clear man of the match two or three weeks in a row, that's, you know, the, their tally goes through the roof then. Absolutely. And the... um. The, you're right about Sean Johnson. It's it's hard to think of a win where mm. he doesn't have the try assists. Or, or it's very much like Nico last year, yeah. whereas whereas everything good Cronulla did flowed through Nico. So the, the it's it's very easy to see Sean Johnson winning at the end of the year. Yeah, def- definitely. Um, there, there could be a couple of smokies floating around that you know they jump out of the ground and someone goes on a run here late of four or five games. Well, is it is Dylan Edwards? In consideration at Penrith, like because I'm just thinking he's the only, he's probably the only Panther to play every game or nearly yeah. every game. So yeah, uh, he definitely he definitely would have polled a lot of votes. Um, you know that blokes like well Crichton's had a career best year as well, so he he would have stolen some votes here and there. And you know that Cleary and as oh yo are going to take a lot of votes off him during the year as well. But yeah, you're right, Edwards especially early. He would have he would have racked up a few. I'm just thinking about other teams like Harry Grant. I know is the leader for Melbourne, um, but I, I just don't see him being Sean Johnson. You look at yeah. the, you look at Canberra. You probably think Jack Whiten. Um, I just don't think he's polled enough to beat. Sean I think Johnson. Canberra's had one of those years where there's been six or seven guys that have been pretty good. Yep, exactly. Um, it depends on the day. It does. You know, Cowboys. I don't think they won enough games early to to have a contender. Broncos, Will Hass, um, yeah, he's a champ. Walsh can't. He's 
he got that three games. But he would have taken votes off. He would have. Sorry, yeah, definitely. Um, Callum Pong has been outstanding. He's been really good. He could be a smoky, hey. Yeah. With um, the run that they've gone on, him or Bradman Best have been their best player in, in every game. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, that'll just about do it for us this week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, mate. This has been the 60O Podcast, brought to you by Min Sports, and that is full time.